0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Coogee Voice. November is Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. As such, this month we are dedicating to addressing pancreatic cancer and raising much-needed awareness. We'll be interviewing advocates, researchers, survivors, and surgeons. For those who don't know, pancreatic cancer is a horrific and lethal cancer, as it has one of the lowest survival rates of all cancers. Once diagnosed, Patients have just an 11% survival rate beyond five years, with the median survival rate of just three to six months. While most other cancers, the death rate is declining, for pancreatic cancer, death rates are increasing. On today's episode, we are interviewing Danny Goldburn and his daughter, Jess, who lost Rochelle Gornberg in 2014 to pancreatic cancer. Following Rochelle's death, the family founded Purple Our World to help raise awareness of pancreatic cancer and provide support to those impacted by this devastating disease, as well as help support research. You're listening to Coogee Voice.
1: We basically decided not to be a charity as such, so Purple Our World is simply a social media movement to raise awareness of this, I believe, forgotten, cancer...
2: Very proud moment for me to see the sails of the Sydney Opera House light up purple a couple of years ago on the eve of World Pancreatic Cancer Day. I think that's the most iconic thing we have lit up, but of course, there also have been bridges throughout Australia, there have been clock towers throughout Australia and also throughout the world.
0: Danny and Jess, welcome to Coogee Voice. Now, before we get into talking about Purple our World, you both live in the eastern suburbs. What do you love most about living in the east? For me,
2: I think I've grown up in the east. I've I've gone as far as Bondi Junction and I pretty much won't go any further. For me, it always draws back to my family. That's where my family is. That's where my grandparents are and my great aunts and uncles and we're all in our little eastern suburbs bubble. But then, of course, you can't go past the beaches. <laughs> um, I did grow up on Bondi Beach, but now coming to this side a little bit more, I'm, I'm very partial to Centennial Park. It's on my doorstep and I love it.
0: Danny?
1: Well, very much the same. I uh, grew up in the eastern suburbs um, from Rose Bay to Bellevue Hill to North Bondi, back to Vaucluse, back to Bellevue Hill. Always very, very close to the beach. I remember going back to my teenage years and I, I literally grew up on Bondi. Rather than could you, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Bronte, so it's fine. <laughs> so let's start at the beginning. Tell us about Purple Our World. Why did you start it?
1: My wife passed away uh, a bit over six years ago, Rochelle. Basically, went through we, we went through 16 months of, of treatment. It's quite unique in terms of that sort of period of time, it's usually months sometimes even weeks people pass from diagnosis to death and we were very fortunate in some respects to have 16 months. Following that the family got together and we decided that we needed to do something but when the family got together um, we basically decided not to be a charity as such so Purple Our World is simply a social media movement to raise awareness of this I believe forgotten cancer, a cancer that's that's neglected, basically, and so we formed the social media movement simply to, to raise awareness. We've partnered with the uh, charities in that space. So if people approach us about making donations to the cause, we refer them to the to our charity partners. It's simply a question of making people aware of this cancer, and from awareness, hopefully, funding will arrive and uh, funding will be made, and that further research can be made. So really, it's it's that's the reason why Purple Our World was was formed. Jess, you got anything to add to that?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, as two daughters who lost their mum to to pancreatic cancer, we've very much developed in the social media age and we knew that that's how people get their news nowadays, that's how they get their information and for us it was very important to have an outlet to let go of our grief and 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 help people, I guess. I have always been the loud sister. My sister is a bit more a bit more quiet, a bit more subdued and we recognize there that families grieve differently even within their own little family unit. So we wanted to help other families out there have an outlet and have someone they could talk to because sometimes it's easier to talk to a stranger than it is to talk to your best friend. So we very much see our role as the voice of patients and those we've lost because we're prepared to talk about it and there are a lot of people who aren't. So we'll help out, we'll do our our little bit.
0: Let's talk about awareness. My father passed away from pancreatic cancer. He, from diagnosis to the time that he passed away, was roughly three months, very short a period. We knew so little about the cancer, unlike breast cancer, where women are very much now taught to identify the signs, to do self-assessments. There seems to not be that same level of awareness with pancreatic cancer. My first question is, what are the barriers around awareness for this disease? I think
2: for a lot of people out there, the the, the main symptoms are just very mundane and generic. And a lot of the times, you're not going to think that back pain is a sign of pancreatic cancer. You're not going to think that a stomach pain is a sign. But when you put back pain and a stomach ache and some indigestion and perhaps some unexplained weight loss altogether and they're recurrent, then perhaps we need to start looking at something. And I think a big issue also is that the pancreas is just not something anyone ever thinks of. I'll admit we walked into the gastroenterologist's office and I was like, where is a pancreas? What is it? What does it do? And and we had no idea what, what it was when we first learned all about pancreatic cancer. So part of our role at Purple Our World and part of the global campaign for World Pancreatic Cancer Day is about educating everyone on the main symptoms. And, you know, it's our role as a community to make sure that we're all looking out for each other. And if someone comes up to me and says, you know, I've had a bit of back pain and and I've suddenly all lost all this weight, which is wonderful. You're like, "Mm, maybe it's not so wonderful. Maybe go and get checked. But I think, yeah, it's just not an organ that people think about normally. And I think that's a big barrier
1: and if I can add to that basically that most of the common cancers have a screening or a prevention program, slip slop and slap. People are aware of the skin, so they get a spot, they go and see a dermatologist, get it checked out. Uh, you have a headache, it could lead to analysis in terms of an a diagnosis of brain cancer. With with pancreatic cancer, there is no early detection other than knowing your own body and, and alerting the the primary medical practitioner to, to some of these symptoms together. So, you know, the, the common cancers have a far bigger incidence of, of cancers, cases and so on. Pancreatic cancer this year is expected to have 4,000 cases in Australia, of which about 3,300, 3,400 will be deaths. Every day, 10 patients are diagnosed and nine die. It's quite a frightening sort of statistic to to understand. And a lot of that is because of There is no early detection. That's a problem and that's a barrier to treating this horrible, horrible, horrible disease. Sorry, I
2: just also wanted to add, you know, talking about our personal story. I always go back to it and I know I shouldn't because it's a what if and it's a very, very big what if. But if we had known the symptoms, you know, we think my mum was showing symptoms 12 to 18 months prior to her diagnosis. And if we had been educated and known the symptoms, would we even be sitting here right now? We, we might not have even found a purple hour world because we might have caught it early and she might have been a candidate for surgery and she might be here today. And so for me, that's also why just knowing the symptoms and knowing what to look for is so important because having that knowledge could save so many lives. Jess,
0: I completely relate with what you're saying because I think back over the last few years of my father's life and how often he was tired, was stopping with back pain, his skin was a little bit yellow and eyes. And, you know, we just all thought, Dad's getting a little bit older. <laughs> like I can't remember myself the last time I didn't have back pain, or the last time I didn't wasn't a little bit tired. So the signs, as you've said, are quite innocuous, but it's about understanding and putting all these things together and saying, hey, if you see these signs or you're experiencing these signs or you're feeling these things in your body, even if it's a storm in a teacup, go and get checked. Right? It's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. As we're talking about raising awareness and early detection, why is it important
1: Well, it's obviously important because we obviously need to... Awareness will lead to funding, greater funding and so on. And if I can give you some good news, Marjorie... uh I know it's not the same political colour that you are, but Minister Hunt federally has actually advised Cancer Australia to actually develop a National Pancreatic Cancer Roadmap, and that's well on its way. I've been very fortunate to be appointed to the steering group, which is helping Cancer Australia, Cancer Australia being the federal government's body that looks after all things cancer. It's not a charity, as you know. And uh, hopefully that's going to lead to a, a roadmap about Developing a continuum of care from early diagnosis to palliative care, and providing the right questions need to be asked, and therefore finding out what answers are available, and and in order to find a way forward in treatment of this of this cancer.
2: I think also just in, in terms of the importance of raising awareness is Purple Our World was an inaugural member of the World Pancreatic Cancer Coalition. Dad is now on the steering committee for the for the coalition which consists of I think is it 97. 90 97 organisations from around the world and I am currently the chair of the World Pancreatic Cancer Day committee and it goes back I think very nicely to the tagline for this year's campaign which is it's about time and knowing the symptoms being aware getting diagnosed early can give you that time that you need and that you want with your loved one. And we always say that as a family, we were lucky because we had 16 months with my mum. Whereas, you know, as we've said before, a lot of people get months, you had three months. We know a lot of people have had weeks. And and being diagnosed early, even if you're not a candidate for surgery – being diagnosed early can give you more treatment options and it can give you longer treatment options and it can give you a better quality of life with your family to make those very precious memories. Mum was diagnosed in March 2013 and in August that year I got engaged and because of that treatment she she lived to walk me down the aisle and we had that time together. So knowing the symptoms and raising awareness, it's about giving families those that time together to make
0: those memories. Firstly, I just want to say, Danny, I don't care if your political persuasion is red, <laughs> blue, green or yellow. <laughs> Any person who wants to support the funding um, and the advancement of pancreatic cancer and all cancers is someone that I want to support. But let's talk about early detection and the advantages of early detection. You're talking about time, but There's actually a whole variety of things that open up for people when it comes to early detection. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Well, early detection may lead to a Whipple operation, surgical operation. I'm commonly called a Whipple, named after the original surgeon who developed that procedure and... From what I know, and I'm a layman in this spot, in this issue, it involves the removal of part of the pancreas and, in fact, a a removal of some of your digestive system. And and if you like to put it in the vernacular, sort of fixing up a lot of the plumbing in that area and, and so on. It's a very invasive surgery. It takes many, many hours, anything up to 10 to 12 hours on the table. It is very, very invasive, as I've said I do know of a number of people that have had the Whipple and have survived a number, number of years. It's uh, I do know of a 12-year survivor and of a 20-year survivor. I know of some wonderful stories. I know of a 90-year-old lady who, early detection was found simply by chance. She had pneumonia and an x-ray indicated a spot on the pancreas. When the x-ray went a bit lower in her abdomen and geriatrician picked it up as pancreatic cancer, she had a whipple at 90. And I think three or four months later, she was driving back driving her own car to Canberra to see friends. So it is something that's available if you get it early enough. The number of people that are having whipples are increasing the number of surgeons capable because it's a very, very involved procedure. Not every surgeon can do it, but there are a number in Australia who are capable of doing it. If you get it early enough, then maybe um, surgery is an option.
0: And just to reiterate to people, because awareness is really what this episode is about, what are the signs?
2: So the main signs that we talk about especially in terms of the World Pancreatic Cancer Day campaign, there are four main signs that we really hone in on. And it's stomach pain, sorry, I should say persistent stomach pain, mid-back pain, and the way a lot of patients describe it is if a woman thinks about where her bra line sits, that's where the mid-back pain is, is. Unexplained weight loss, which is you know a lot of people would rejoice about but you know if you're not doing anything and you're suddenly losing weight well then think about it <laughs> and jaundice which is a yellowing of the skin or the eyes but then you've also got things like indigestion you've got diabetes which is actually a risk factor and a symptom you know you can suddenly develop diabetes and if you've got a whole range of other symptoms then there may be something there there's, there's obviously also some risk factors that we all need to be aware of. You know, there are certain, as I said, diabetes, there are also certain ethnic groups, you know, all the other ones, obesity, smoking, those kinds of things. But there are definitely some very specific signs that we need to look for. But the key thing is that it needs to be persistent and it needs to, to kind of all be happening at once. You know, you wouldn't want to rush to the doctor just because you've got a stomach ache, but we also don't want to scare people, <laughs> but yeah, it is. There are some specific ones to look for.
1: The BRCA gene mutation. There's a, a relationship with that with pancreatic cancer as well as breast cancer. Um, about ten to twelve percent of pancreatic cancer sufferers have a BRCA gene mutation. Just referred to ethnic groups, but it's it's actually more common in Ashkenazi Jews because of the BRCA gene, and believe it or not, in Afro American afro-americans as well but for a different gene mutation so that's just an interesting sidelight so if, and there's also if you have two blood relationships that have actually died from pancreatic cancer passed from pancreatic cancer you should go and make that known to your to your medical practitioners
0: since you've started purple Our world how has the landscape changed have things gotten better
2: I think look we can we can certainly you know see things improving when when my mum was diagnosed the average survival was sitting around the 6% mark now it's finally finally in double digits sitting up around the 11% mark still too low but we are getting there and that's that's a difference in 6 years which is is pretty remarkable Colloquially as well, I think we're just finding a lot more people are starting to open up about it and a lot more people are starting to talk about it. And I mean, we walk down the street and if you start talking to somebody about pancreatic cancer, they'll turn around and say, oh, my so-and-so had that too. And all of a sudden, people are starting to talk about it more. And I think that's what's very special for us at Purple Our World is because that's what we want. That's, you know, my mom was very vocal about her diagnosis and everything she was going through. And there are some families who aren't and, and we respect that. But if we can talk and if those who are willing to talk can talk, then I think it will only go up, which is, which is really hopeful.
1: I think also comparing that survival rate of 10.7% over the last five years uh, compared to the more common cancers in prostate, uh, breast and colon cancer, they're all around about the well over 90% survival rate over five years. It really is a question of raising the awareness to convince people that it's our turn. It's our turn to get the funding, to get the research, to get the the results that are necessary. I think if funding is spent in the pancreatic cancer space, you could. I think the amount of funding that could be put to it can turn the dials significantly going forward. So there are advances in globally. There's a lot of research happening in the US, of course, and in Europe. But Australia actually boxes above its weight in that research, both at the Garvin and other institutes like the Lowy Institute at the University of New South Wales and uh, and so on, also in Melbourne. There's a number of important research projects underway and clinical trials, I might add, through the uh, gastrointestinal trials group based at uh, Kinghorn. Not at Kinghorn, at Lighthouse. Life. Thank you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> What you've spoken about is I think one of the challenges with pancreatic cancer. Unlike, say, breast cancer or bowel cancers where you have a 90% survival rate, the survivors are the advocates. With pancreatic cancer, the advocates are generally those that are left behind who've been horribly traumatised by a horrific cancer that has been devastating to their family So I firstly want to say thank you for being brave in terms of coming out and using your position to advocate because this is a cancer where it's the people that have passed away or the people that are left behind, the responsibility to advocate falls on their shoulders in order to do it. Just to end on a little bit of a lighter note, you're called Purple Our World. What are some of the fun things that you've been able to colour purple to help raise awareness?
2: I I like to tell this story because my family laughed at me when I sat down at our kitchen table. I'll I'll never forget the first time we we sat together and and Purple Our World really is just five, six, seven family members sitting around a kitchen table. And, you know, we were talking about what do we want Purple Our World to be? And I said, I want to light the opera house purple. And they all looked at me like I was mad, like that's never going to happen. And you know we we are part of the Australian pancreatic cancer Alliance with our with our charity partners, and it was a very, very, very proud moment for me to see the sales of the Sydney Opera House light up purple a couple of years ago on the eve of World Pancreatic Cancer Day. I think that's the most iconic thing we have lit up, but of course, there also have been bridges throughout Australia. There have been clock towers throughout Australia and also throughout the world. It, you know, there's this massive campaign of people around the world lighting up. Some people are even lighting up their front gardens just so that the neighbors down the street say, why are you lighting it up purple? And it's all about starting that conversation.
1: You know, I go back to the World Pancreatic Cancer Coalition of which 97 members of 35 different countries and they are working towards very seriously this World Pancreatic Cancer Day, which this year is on the 19th of November. It's the third Thursday of every year. And hopefully uh, throughout the world, at a lot of uh, monuments and, and global attractions are lit up purple. So to get the Opera House lit up on on, on 2017 was quite an achievement.
2: I also just quickly want to say, because you reminded me about it before, um, you know, when you talk about how there are so few survivors and how the advocacy all falls on the family's shoulders. A, a year or so ago, I was speaking to a, a young girl who lost her mum, and she turned around and she said, you know what, we're the survivors. You know, we didn't go through the treatment physically, but we went through it emotionally and we went through it mentally because pancreatic cancer as a cancer is just such a brutal, aggressive horrible cancer to go through and to watch a loved one go downhill so quickly you're traumatized and you're in shock and if you can get through those months you know with your loved one going through that treatment then yes you survived and I think that that really resonated with me because that is something that's very important to me my mum was very loud and an extrovert and we always talk about she was the life of the party and I always say she'd be so angry that she's not here yelling from the from the rooftops and I think as survivors, the family members, we went through it. That's what we need to do.
0: Jess and Danny, before I let you go, there are three tough questions that we ask all of our guests that come on to Coogee Voice. You have to declare your favourite beach in the eastern suburbs, where can you get the best coffee and where sells the best hamburgers. controversial
1: i think i'll go first (laughs) i'm sorry bondi definitely i literally grew up on the call secondly believe it or not i'm probably the only person in the world that doesn't drink coffee thirdly favorite hamburgers um
0: so you and rabbi castell don't drink coffee is that right
1: he called me the other day actually (laughs) I just don't know about the hamburgers. Probably the ones I make at home for myself, mainly, I think. (laughs) There was a great one in Noosa many, many years ago called Betty's Burgers, and I know they've opened up at Westfield, but I don't think it's the same Betty.
2: I'm actually quite partial to a harbour beach rather than the the big crashing waves, and I think that's mainly so leaf. I actually prefer the likes of like Camp Cove, and um, you know, I've got a little four year old who's petrified of the waves. So <laughs> the fact that he can just paddle in the water there and not have anything crashing on him, so I'm partial to those ones. In terms of coffee, I am a coffee drinker and I am a bit of a coffee snob, but. I must admit, the little Centennial Deli just by my house keeps me caffeinated every day, and they were my savior during lockdown. So I really love them. Burgers, I am a burger person too. Oh,
0: tough question! It is a
2: tough one. I'm 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 really happy with a burger from anywhere, really.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe Good Time Burgers. So, if people would like to learn more about Purple Our World or what they should be doing on World Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Day? What should they be doing?
2: I think in terms of learning more, obviously, you know, our website is there. It's purpleourworld.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. But in terms of learning about the day itself, I would definitely point people to the World Pancreatic Cancer Coalition website, which is worldpancreaticcancercoalition.org. In terms of what we need people to do on the day we just need people to talk and and wear something purple and put it up on social media and 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 it's as easy as a caption of I'm wearing purple because I want to raise awareness for pancreatic cancer and it doesn't need to be a fancy schmancy purple suit it can be purple nails it can be purple hair it can be a purple scrunchie you know it's not massive it's all about putting it on social media and sharing it to your networks no matter if you've got one follower or a hundred thousand followers because every follower counts
0: Danny, one more time, what are the signs?
1: Signs are really the symptoms of pancreatic cancer. And as Jess has said, jaundice, stomach ache, stomach nausea, mid-back pain and... and, and, um,
2: Unexplained weight loss. Unexplained
1: (laughs) weight loss, thank you, Jess. And of course, there's others that are diabetes and so on that's certainly a sign and a, a, a symptom and a risk.
0: Danny and Jess... Thank you for joining us on Goodye Voice. Thank you for having us. Thank you. What an inspiring conversation. Now, if you'd like to support pancreatic research that is being done locally at UNSW at the Lowy Institute, head to alumni.unsw.edu.au forward slash giving forward slash med forward slash PPCRF and you can make a tax-deductible donation to clinical research that will go towards trying to double the survival rate. You've been listening to Coogee Voice.